The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. Today, we're here with Dr. Kalreet Chaudhry. Uh, her combined expertise in both modern neurology and the ancient science of Ayurveda has uniquely positioned her as an expert able to pull from the broadest possible base to treat her clients. She is the author of The Prime, Prepare and Repair Your Body for Spontaneous Weight Loss. Dr. Chaudhry, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rebecca. So what made you choose to practice neurology? Um, You know, when I did my neurology rotation in medical school, it was kind of a case of love at first sight. I hadn't decided yet what I was going to do. And um, I did my rotation in my fourth year, and it was just like an immediate draw. And the reason was I realized that the brain was going to be kind of the giant black box where we would learn so much in this century about the potential of the brain. So I knew it was something that I would never be bored of. You sound like me. <laughs> you know, I, I I feel like I always need to know more, and I, I probably would have done something similar in your, your place just so that I could continue to learn. Um, so I how did you... Expected, be- sorry? sorry? Go ahead. I said oh, I never how did expected you- that the brain was actually going to lead me to the gut. I mean, that was like one of those, you know, surprises that learning more about the brain actually led me to learn more about the gut. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's interesting in your book because I've seen that a lot in practice because I practice Chinese medicine and it was Ayurvedic medicine that, that brought you to that connection. And, um, you know, it was something I, I just learned in, in practice, just seeing that so much. But I know just like what you were explaining in your book, it, it does get overlooked. And, you know, you had headaches and, and you were told, well, that's in your head when for you it wasn't. So can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Sure, and this was kind of, you know, the blessing that I think so many physicians um, kind of go through some type of a um, physical crisis that leads them to integrative medicine, and that's exactly what happened to me. I was a neurologist um, and developed migraine headaches, and my immediate response was, you know, no big deal. I know how to treat migraine headaches, and all of the medications that I was using to treat my own patients um, were just, they were either completely ineffective or the 
side effects were so much worse than the actual headaches. And we had been introduced to Ayurvedic medicine, you know, growing up, just being in an Indian household. There were always certain principles that were there, but I had never really been sick before. And so I, I came to Ayurvedic medicine as a patient, and I was just totally stunned by the results. Um, I mean, within a very short time, my headaches were gone, but it wasn't just my headaches. My energy was up. My mind was clear. I mean, everything changed in such a short period, and the focus was really addressing the digestion, really looking at what the habits were that were causing the migraines, and so it um, it was just a complete turning point for me as, you know, as both a human being, but also as a physician. So can you tell us a little bit about what Ayurvedic medicine is? Sure, you know, it's really simple. I, I it's becoming easier to understand now because there's so many versions of lifestyle medicine, and I describe it as kind of the original lifestyle medicine or nature's lifestyle medicine. And, you know, the, the principles are very, very basic. Um, food is medicine. In other words, when you get sick, you're looking towards foods, and sometimes, you know, herbs are kind of treated somewhat in that category because they're still naturally grown plants. Um, your habits are the main determinants for whether you are healthy or ill. And everybody has an individual constitution, um, which is referred to as a dosha in Ayurvedic medicine. And so there's something unique about you, and there's specific recommendations for how to keep your body in balance. So it's not a one-size-fits-all, but it's really looking at how does your body interact with your environment and with, you know, the foods that you're eating. So, you know, that's why I always call it kind of, you know, the first the first lifestyle medicine that was ever practiced on the planet. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, I, I like the, the food is medicine comment that you made. I think, um, and you probably experienced this having gone through medical school, food is actually ignored a lot. And oh, our really diet hard. has changed. Yeah, and it's changed so dramatically. We're, we're so far away from, you know, um, natural food being acceptable. It's processed food. And, and I know when I started um, in this process before I'd gone to school, everybody thought it was so strange that I didn't want to eat these, you know, this processed food and sugars and, and all of that. And I know it's a little more acceptable now, but is there, um, how is that accepted in your practice? It's, it's a great question, and it's so interesting to me because, um, you know, it's interesting how normative behavior becomes the norm because if we would take the food that we're eating now and if we would have introduced it to the American population like 100 years ago, they would have thought this is completely madness. But because we changed the food a little at a time, we got accustomed to it becoming kind of more and more and more perverted from its original form. And so now it's acceptable because it happened slowly. And when I first started practicing, um, you know, even though I was mainly just looking at how people were eating, how were they living, you know, were they exercising, what kind of stress management techniques did they have? And the immediate response was like, you're practicing voodoo. And I was just, you know, I had to laugh because here I was as a neurologist before prescribing medications where the side effects were, you know, bone marrow suppression, cancer, liver failure. 
And nobody had a problem with the fact that on a daily basis, I was writing down prescription medications that came with the threat of, you know, basically organ failure. But the second I started looking at the way that people were eating and living, that raised red flags. <laughs> that, that was considered <laughs> you know, voodoo. And it was, it was the safest possible way for me to practice medicine. I was basically getting people off their soda and so forth. But I guess the beauty is that, you know, with anything you do when you stick to it um, and when you really believe in it, that eventually there becomes more and more support for something that is, is is true. And so over the course of the last decade, I mean, there has just been so much published, you know, even just on um, spices like turmeric and um, herbs like ashwagandha and so forth. And so I think once the scientific community started catching up and once we actually started researching the effects of things like meditation, then, you know, many of my colleagues went from being hostile to, I would say, being more lukewarm warm, but, you know, there's really an entire community of physicians now that are realizing that we've got to start addressing habits. So I think, you know, now so many of my colleagues that thought I was just throwing my career away are going like, whoa, you actually, not that they would necessarily practice this way, but they're seeing that I was part of the first wave to see that we had to change the way we were treating patients. Well, you know, and and that the waves are are still happening slowly. I mean, it's uh, when people come in and see me. Sometimes they're they're still they have to be careful what they say to their doctor because you know they don't think these natural things work as well as um, like you were in the beginning. They're just they want to give out drugs. That's where they're comfortable. Right. You know, that's what it seems to me is. And and you you talk in your book about your grandfather ha, um, had been a doctor in India and. Um, you know, prescription medication wasn't always the first choice, and if it was, it wasn't forever. Which is interesting because yeah. he was trained, you know, in allopathic medicine, um, and so he was, you know, trained in what we would consider, you know, Western medicine. But culturally, it was still more acceptable at that time, um, you know, in India to look at everything that was going on. It was just part of the way that people lived. And so it's been very interesting just to watch the way that medicine has changed, getting further and further and further away from how a family is living, how a family is eating, and more and more and more towards, you know, what is in um, a pill box. Um, you know, which I, I I like that approach better, which is the you know approach I take. Sometimes medication is necessary, but I think it's the bigger picture. Absolutely. So, yeah, when you started making these changes in your practice, what did you notice with your patients? Well, the biggest surprise for me, Rebecca, was um, realizing how many of my patients, just as you were mentioning, were keeping their integrative practices from me. In other words, so many of my patients were taking supplements um, and doing it in a very haphazard way without any guidance, and they just weren't telling me about it. And I realized that, you know, they were not the obstacle to practicing, you know, their um, practicing medicine this way. I mean, they actually wanted their physician to talk about lifestyle medicine. And it was my own unwillingness to do it that was keeping my practice from becoming truly, you know, integrative. 
So I was just really surprised that, you know, how many of them opened up and they were like, oh, I've actually been experimenting with this, you know, Herb, what do you think? And so I was finally able to be an educated partner in their journey rather than somebody that they felt that they had to keep, like, on the sidelines um, and, you know, and not disclose all of the things that they were actually experimenting with. You know, it, it seems to me that this is the way that it, it should be, especially with, um, you know, some medications aren't working very well. Some people just don't tolerate them or we're getting super bugs and, you know, and and things aren't working the way they used to is to incorporate both. And I, I think the way that you've chosen is um, the way the future should be. And it was so refreshing, too, because I was able to take patients that were on all of these um, prescription medications and reduce them just to down to, you know, sometimes we couldn't get them off of all of them. And we just reduced, like, let's say a list of, like, 10 medications down to, like, one or two max. And, you know, they, they felt so much better. They felt so much healthier. Um, which isn't that the goal? <laughs> you know, to make them feel better? The thing is I... I, I realize it's actually not. Um, that is not the goal of Western medicine. It's not the way that we're trained at all. We really are trained to prescribe and not to heal. Um, and you know, it, it really hit me when when I started when I started practicing medicine this way. I had you know some of my own colleagues, and I, I mentioned this in the book. <laughs> that I actually had an intervention um, from them saying how I was throwing my career away and that if I'm just focusing on getting people better, that I was going to become bankrupt because it's not a good business model. And it just, it really hit me at that moment that the culture of medicine had changed so much that that really is not the goal anymore. The goal is not to help to reverse disease. It's really to manage it with medications, and that's the way it's taught. Uh, that's pretty scary, actually, because um, that means that any issue that you get in your life, you're going to be managing for the rest of your life if all you do is Western medicine. And I think that's why so many people yeah. within Western medicine really are looking for a, a different approach, something that takes the knowledge that we have gained and, you know, takes the understanding of the processes that lead to disease, but then also allows people a pathway out independent of lifelong prescription medications. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Dr. Kalreet Chaudhry. She's the author of the book, The Prime, Prepare and Repair Your Body for Spontaneous Weight Loss. We're going to be back shortly. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. If you're busy, stressed, and can't ever seem to find the time to add in those new healthy habits, you need to check out Lisa Lutan's busy, stressed, and food-obsessed show. 
This program will help you discover easy ways to improve your health and happiness. Plus, you will pick up all sorts of tips on better eating, fitness, relationships, how to manage stress, and a lot more. You'll feel yourself becoming healthier just by tuning in. Listen live every Thursday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The root causes of disease can be better prevented and cured using an integration of modern medicine and holistic healing techniques. Become educated by tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does have its place, but it should not be the only course of action. It's all about regenerating and healing our whole selves through better choices in lifestyle, foods, spiritual connection, and stress management. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. Today we're talking with Dr. Kalrit Chaudhry. She's the author of the book, The Prime, Prepare and Repair Your Body for Spontaneous Weight Loss. Um, before the break, uh, sorry, not before the break, but in your book, um, you talk about the, the biochemical prison. Can you just explain what that is? Sure. I'll try to keep it brief because um, it's it's basically the entire topic of my book. But what, what I realized um, when I was incorporating the Ayurvedic recommendations into my practice is that people really struggled to make um, changes in their diet. And I this didn't make sense to me because I had, you know, very educated, very organized, very disciplined people. And when it came to changing some of these food choices, they were just struggling. And as a neurologist, I looked at this, I think, slightly differently than maybe how other physicians would look at it, because I was looking at it as, you know, what's happening in the brain that is preventing their ability to to change? And what I realized is that because of the way that our foods have been manipulated, the way that they have been changed, and because of the way that we are living, that people have actually undergone a biochemical shift that prevents them from being able to change certain habits. And I, you know, I call this a biochemical prison. And in order to unlock the gates of that prison, you actually have to use science to beat the science that was essentially used by food companies to create this prison. 
And that prison is in part in the brain. And, you know, I, I don't know that many people actually realize this, but food has been engineered to be addictive now. And the prison is in part in the gut because the microbiome, which is the collection of bacteria that lives in part in your gut, also changes in such a way that it sends signals to your brain so you will continue to crave and need those particular foods. So it's very much like a cocaine addict. And we've actually done brain images of people who are um, obese and the way that they respond to sugar. It's the same way that a cocaine addict responds to cocaine. And so I realized that in order to really help people change their habits, you had to give them a plan to break out of that prison. And that's essentially what I do in the book. And once I started using these principles, and they're all, you know, what amazes me, Rebecca, is these are all principles that are 5,000 years old. But once I started using those recommendations, people were then able to change spontaneously. And my purpose, of course, was to get them to change, to repair their brain, because I was a neurologist. And the very, very unexpected result from the program was that people were losing weight. And what shocked me was people were more excited about the weight loss <laughs> than even the reversal of, you know, of their um, neurological disorder. So I, I just went with it and I said, okay, we're going to help repair your brain, but it's also going to help you lose weight. And people would be so much more enthusiastic about seeing the program. I, I understand that from the, the way our society is that you know people focus on you know they can be very very sick and what they're worried about is like their hair or you know the line on their face even though they have right. all these symptoms going on so um i think that's just the way the way we're wired society wise um so you, you talked about food addiction and i you know i i think that everybody has struggled with this i think whether you're talking about um alcohol which is a whole different area or the sugar addiction which I think is huge because having counseled you know thousands of people sugar is not good for you and the backlash that that comes with that as well as it I find it's not very accepted I mean that's what I went through when I I changed how I ate is people didn't understand why I didn't want sugar um so with the food addiction what do you think that that's doing to people well, I think a big thing is, and you know, by the way, I see um, sugar and alcohol, they're the same thing. They're, they're aiming at the same centers of the brain that are responsible for the addiction um, response. And so when people go through the program, I've had several people, and they don't just give up sugar, they'll give up alcohol, they'll give up tobacco, they'll give up, you know, even recreational drugs. Um, but I think the, the big issue for us is that we have not treated this as an actual disorder of biology, and we have treated this as a problem in psychology. And that's, again, that was the advantage of, you know, me being a neurologist looking at this because I was looking at it from a chemical dependency standpoint rather than, um, you know, like a flaw in personality or an issue with willpower. And in the, in the book, I describe, you know, in detail the changes that are actually happening in the body. And it's not just because of sugar, it's because of all of the different um, toxic things that are added to our food now that are just commonplace. And then the changes that our body goes through as a result of that. So if you have the majority of the population in this toxic inflammatory state, and if that is now the norm, 
then of course people are going to be like, well, what are you talking about? It's just normal to want this, and it's just and uh, and it's readily available. I mean, can you imagine if we had signs everywhere saying heroin ninety nine cents? But that's exactly what we have for things like sugar and other processed foods. It's so readily available. It's advertised everywhere, and so it's just become so normative. And people have gotten so accustomed to feeling bad that they don't even know this is an abnormal state anymore. Um, you, you know that that makes sense, and I don't I don't think that it, it's willpower because I know when I quit sugar, and I have a lot of willpower, and you know I used to pace the house because I couldn't stand not having it, right? And 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 uh, it, it it's this overwhelming physical feeling w- when you yeah. are, and it, that's more than willpower when there's such a huge draw to it. Oh, yeah. And these are people who have started businesses. They've, you know, they're doing things that require so much more willpower. And so it's not a willpower issue. And what was really amazing to me is when I started my patients on this program, and, you know, we now have um, the Prime Club where we're, um, it's an online program where people go through the program in the book together. And what we hear over and over and over again is, once they started the program, oh, I forgot to eat sugar. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about sugar. Or, you know, those nachos that used to haunt me before, I, you know, I took one bite and then I was like, oh, I don't even want this. So in the whole process in the book, I never once ask people to change what they're eating. Never once. I'm just simply adding things that help to break this biochemical prison cycle. And in so doing, people start changing the way they eat spontaneously. So um, in this process, um, obviously, where um, inflammation is going to come into play, can you explain what that does to our bodies? Sure. Um, and, you know, in- inflammation is becoming, even in Western medicine, come in kind of the common final pathway. And so it depends on which organ system we're talking about. Like, for example, when we talk about inflammation in the brain, we talk about conditions like Alzheimer's disease, multiple sclerosis, stroke. When we talk about inflammation in the vessel, we're talking about atherosclerosis. When we talk about inflammation in the liver, we talk about fatty liver. So inflammation is becoming kind of the common final pathway way that leads to disease. And when we talk about inflammation in the GI tract, which is, you know, such a critical organ for overall health, we're talking about the loss of the ability to absorb nutrients, the loss of a healthy environment to host the um, the friendly bacteria that actually help you to make um, healthy food choices. And so it, it's basically the step that has to occur for disease to occur. And in Ayurvedic medicine, we have a term for this, and I call it toxic inflammation, and, and it's called online. It's very hard to translate that into a Western um, definition, and toxic inflammation is the closest thing that I have. But AMA refers not just to the physical inflammation, but all of the toxicity that our body absorbs, which includes mental toxins, emotional toxins, as well as physical toxins. And one of the things that, you know, people are now only beginning to wake up to, and even Western science is starting to wake up to, is that your thought process and your emotions can also trigger inflammation. So I look at inflammation as just that thing that happens in different organ systems before you become sick. 
Um, which I think that's preventative medicine in, in my mind is, uh, you know, to reduce that inflammation before it becomes a disease. Right. Which is different in the Western world, um, which seems to be prevent a disease from getting worse. Yes. And even in Ayurvedic medicine, we have different ways of looking at stages of diseases. And you can catch diseases very, very, very early um, before there's ever any abnormality on lab tests. And unfortunately, the only time that we consider somebody to be sick is once their labs are abnormal or their imaging studies are abnormal. But the reality is, you know, you, you see this all the time as well, that people feel unwell for years, oftentimes up to a decade before there's ever anything abnormal on their labs or their imaging studies. Yeah, and and you know, in in what the way I see it is, you take that that decade and you start reversing the inflammation. Um, and exactly. and I know when they go to their doctor, they're like, "Well, nothing's showing up on testing, so we're just going to have to wait and see what happens." And right, and, well, I mean, wait till you get sick, and then we'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you have all the symptoms, it's just not there yet. So, um, you know, I like what you're doing, where you know it's let's get this inflammation down and and reverse this process. Um, how important is digestive health in this process? Digestive health, and this was a shock to me as a neurologist, um, digestive health is the most important step for you to have health. You cannot be healthy without having strong digestion. And part of it, it's, this is like the most obvious thing because where do you get all your nutrients, right? Where do you get the building blocks just to be able to survive? It's all from your digestion. And so part of it, it's like, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of dumbfounded that we're not taught this because part of it is so obvious. But then there's also this other layer of this intricacy, which we're really only starting to now get into in terms of the role that the microbiome, the population of bacteria in the gut actually plays to determining your overall health. And this includes mental health. It includes, you know, the impact it has on autoimmune conditions, impact it has on neurological disease. And we're only now starting to appreciate that this unique population of bacteria that lives in your GI tract has such an immense, it's like the fingerprint for your wellness, and it has such an immense effect on every single organ system. So it goes beyond even just that common sense approach of, what, of you know, well, this is where you get your nutrients. So, of course, it's important to realizing that this is a, it's like its own organ system. You have more bacteria in your body. Um, then you have human cells, and it's a ratio of 9 to 1, meaning you have 90% of you is just bacteria and only 10% is human cells. And so this is a huge part of who you are. And so it's taken it kind of to the next level beyond just saying, like, you know, it's not just what your grandmother said, you are what you eat, but... That bacteria that is living there, that's actually who you are. I mean, that actually is a huge part of who you are physically, and taking care of that population is critical. Well, you know, I've I've read that our our microbiome is actually a fingerprint, and it's different for everybody. So it when is. you say it's it's who you are, I mean, it really is because it's so unique to you. And it changes um, so quickly. This is the other thing that really shocked me about it is it can change within 24 hours of a stressful event. I mean, it's it really is this 
living being that is constantly shifting in response to how you're feeling, the life that you're living, you know, what's changed in your environment. It's, it's such a dynamic part of who we are. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Dr. Kalreet Chaudhry. She's the author of The Prime, Prepare and Repair Your Body for Spontaneous Weight Loss. We're going to be back shortly. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. They say you can't change the weather, but we already have. And if we've changed it for the worse, let's change it for the better. Tune in to The Climate Opportunity, a two-hour special hosted by Beth Green and Dr. Grant Dean. Expert guests, Professor Scott Denning, Chef Laura Steck, video journalist Peter Sinclair, and Kelsey Wirth of Women Out Front will share how we can improve our lives while improving our weather. Listen on Inside Out Radio, Tuesday, November 11th, starting at 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Presented by Inside Out Radio and Voice America. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Children with chronic conditions shouldn't have to just live with it. There are many alternative options that can reduce, reverse, or even eliminate the effects of chronic illness in our children. On Kids Health Revolution Radio with host Deborah Morgan, we'll explore these alternatives to help you take care of your children. It's time to take our kids' health back. Listen every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. Today we're talking with Dr. Kalreet Chaudhry. She's the author of the book, The Prime, Prepare and Repair Your Body for Spontaneous Weight Loss. Now, Dr. Chaudhry, in your book, um, The Prime is actually a, a, a detox process. Um, so can you just explain um, what you're doing with, with that? Yeah, so it's quite different from most detoxes. A lot of the kind of popular detoxes are, you know, here's this seven-day program, and that is really just kind of moving out the surface um, toxins, and you're not really going very deep in. And so what the Prime is using is some of the ancient principles in Ayurvedic medicine that actually helps to rewire the brain and shift the microbiome, that population of bacteria in your gut. And so each stage is set up to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's, you know, and it's really meant for you to emerge with a different biochemical fingerprint, so to speak, that it pulls out some of the very deep-seated, again, the Ayurvedic term is ama, but the toxic inflammation that prevents us from being able to change our habits. And one of the amazing things that I've seen both as my patients in my clinic as well as members in the Prime Club is how much of a transformative effect this has on people's lives, that it goes way beyond just what they're eating, but even in terms of their relationship, coming to terms with um, traumas that they had kind of buried in the past. So it's it's really, really meant for those people who are looking for a way, as I mentioned before, to get out of that biochemical prison. So um, how do you do that? So it's four different steps. And in each of the steps, we're addressing a slightly different level. And so in the first step, and this is, the first step is where most detox programs um, finish. So in the first step, we're just opening up the channels. So we're opening up the lymphatic channels. We're opening up the channels in the colon. We're opening up the digestive channels. And it's essentially adding in really, really simple things like the prime tea, for example. It's just a simple tea made out of cumin, coriander, and fennel seeds. And you just make it yourself. We're really trying to turn your kitchen into a pharmacy. Um, But it's adding in simple foods and habits and um, Ayurvedic herbs, another thing in step one is an herb called trifla. And so the first step, we're just basically clearing the way. In the second step, we are breaking the cycle of the food addictions, and we're breaking it in several different areas. We're breaking it biochemically in the brain by adding particular herbs that help to reset the dopamine receptors, which is where that pleasure response occurs, as well as adding things like bone broth and the prime juice so that you're actually getting nutrients. What most people don't realize is partly why you have cravings is you may be 
getting calories, but you're not actually getting nutrients. So your body's constantly hungry for nutrients, um, and you're just getting the signal to eat, but it's because it's not getting the nutrients it needs, but it's getting too many calories. So we're adding things in, as I mentioned, the, the bone broth and the prime juice. And then the third step is really kind of the, it's the strongest step in the program, and this is where we really just ignite those toxins. And so we're using a classic Ayurvedic herb that helps to, the way that it's described in the Sanskrit text is it's literally scraping the toxins out of your body. And in addition to that, I add in things like the ginger gut flush and the prime curry powder to help ignite your digestion because when you're removing that many toxins, you also have to increase what we call in Ayurvedic your digestifier, the ability of your digestive system to actually process all that. And then in the fourth step, it's I call it the the it's like the biohacks to your habits that help to maintain your newfound biochemical state. And so it's things like adding in meditation. We're shifting around again. Never once do I ask people to change what they're eating, but we're shifting around when they're eating their heaviest meal, when they're going to bed. And so the whole program is a step-by-step program so that by the end of it, you have essentially emerged from this biochemical prison and you're able to live more freely. And it's a program that I typically recommend people do once, once a year. And that's how my patients did it. They did it annually. Um, And when you do it annually, you don't have to do it quite as spread out as the first time. And it's something that I have done annually now for, you know, about a decade. So when people get started, and I know um, as a a Lyme patient myself and, you know, treating Lyme, one thing that can happen when you detox is a a detox reaction or in the Lyme world, we call it a Herx reaction. Um, Is that something that happens when you start this? This is exactly why we do it step by step, and this is also why in the book um, you take a gut IQ test, um, so it's called the gut IQ quiz, and it tells you just how smart or dumb your gut is. And when I first started this, I had a really, really dumb gut, so I always tell people, don't worry if your score shows that you need to go really slowly. But the dumber your gut, the slower you go, and the whole purpose is to avoid doing you know, exactly that. Now, you'll still have some detox vacation. I mean, moving toxins out of your body is always a little bit uncomfortable, but it should never be so uncomfortable that you're just completely wiped out. And, you know, for people who are suffering from um, really chronic diseases, I always say, you know, work with a health practitioner as you go through this, because there's things that you can add, like milk thistle, or sometimes doing glutathione, um, just to help support the liver as you're going through the detoxification process. And there's several recommendations, even in the book, um, for people who are having too much of a detoxification reaction to go a little bit slower or to increase bone broth or to increase this herb or to decrease that herb. And so at the end of each stage, there's a check-in point to see, you know, are you detoxing too quickly or not? The point is not for it to be um, uncomfortable to the point where you, you know, just as what you're describing, where you have kind of that um, critical reaction. This is much, much gentler. And that's why I always tell, you know, my readers as well as people who are in the Prime Club, there's never 
a downside to going slower. It's the exact opposite of what we're so often taught in our culture, you know, which is no pain, no gain. And with your body, it's the total opposite. The slower and more comfortable you go, the further you'll actually go. Um, you know, I, I I say the same thing to my patients and most people come in, they're like, well, I just want to get better. And, and I know my experience is if you go too fast and you are uncomfortable, of course, then you stop because why would you continue that? Exactly. Uh, exactly. So, um, you know, you mentioned earlier that in this process, you don't talk about food, but of course you're breaking sugar cravings and other cravings. So what, what process is happening that that is actually happening? This is the one thing that I think as physicians and practitioners, we actually underestimate as well, which is the inner intelligence of the body. And the process that I've, I've created in the book is really enlivening that inner intelligence and letting go of that toxic inflammation that is essentially hiding it. It's like dust on the furniture. You just get rid of the dust and you see the beauty of the furniture. And so as you enliven that inner intelligence and as you change your microbiome, your healthy bacteria will tell your brain which foods you should be eating. It's really interesting to me how much we underplay the fact that you've got a trillion cells that know how to function on their own, and oftentimes all we have to do is get out of the way. Um, and you know, even in Western medicine, our oath is to first do no harm. And as we remove just the things that are clogging the channels in the body, the body wakes up, the mind wakes up, the gut wakes up. And that's why, you know, I, I called it the gut IQ test. Is there's actually intelligence in your gut. And as all of those things wake up, you become smarter automatically. And just simple things like, you know, even just adding meditation. How much does meditation impact your behavior? How much does meditation impact your outlook? That each one of these steps has such a profound way of spontaneously changing the way that you are thinking and the way that you are eating. And I think we've gotten to a point where we have made the assumption that everything has to be hard and everything requires will and that we have forgotten that, you know, the sun rises every single morning without us doing anything, that there is this internal rhythm in nature that is extremely intelligent and it can be trusted. I like that. <laughs> um, you, you just made that so simple, <laughs> and uh, um, it makes so much sense that, of course, we we can trust this this process, and that our bodies really do know what to do. Um, yeah, I mean, so, it's, if you look even just historically, it's it's been in the times that we have put our, you know, put like kind of our two cents into nature that we've caused the most harm on this planet. <laughs> you know, when we decided, yeah. hey, we can do it better. We can, you know, and, and I'm all for, I'm all for progress. But I think when progress is married to a respect of the natural world, then we're really creating a world that's in balance. Well, and I, th I think it's like um, the way you spoke about that your grandfather practiced medicine where there there was a balance and he looked at everything and medication was used if needed, but herbs were also used and lifestyle change happened. And, and right. if, you know, instead of that focus on 
medication with huge side effects, which is what we we tend to want to do with everything. Here's a quick fix, or what looks like a quick fix. Um, So when people go through this process, um, they go through the four stages, how do they feel after? Well, it varies so much for each individual because each individual story is so different. But the way that I describe the process as a whole is that your story changes. And whether your story is, I'm tired all the time, whether your story is, I have pain, whether your story is, I can't lose the weight, whatever your story is that you have started to tell yourself, and, you know, when I say tell yourself, I'm really talking from a cellular basis because these stories really are stored in our cellular chemistry, that that begins to change. And, you know, like I said, I, we've had people who have um, stopped smoking or stopped drinking, you know, in addition to the weight loss and feeling um, more energetic and having a clearer mind, there's all of these other things that have shifted. Their experience at work is shifting things that they were willing to put up with. The amazing thing is when you are willing to put toxins in your body, you're also willing to put toxins in your brain. You're willing to put toxins you know, in your emotions. And so their relationships will begin to shift. Um, they will become less toxic in terms of the way they're interacting with the world. So it's not this given set point that at the end of this, you're going to look like this, but it's just at the end of this program, you will be different, Um, you know, and oftentimes the difference is is quite profound. Um, Well, I think that's um, what most people want is to feel better and and to have some sort of change. So I love that. I love your program and I love how simple it is, especially just starting with that tea. And, you know, it's not complicated. You're not asking people to do, you know, this um, huge diet plan where they have to, you know, eliminate 50 foods and, and figure things out. It's just here, take this tea for a while and then move forward on to the next step, which I think might be easier, especially if somebody's really sick might be easier for them to follow. Well, and the reality is that you'll never know all the foods that somebody should or should not be eating, but they'll know. Their body will know. And so if you can just help them to clean up that relationship between them and their body and their mind and their gut, then they're able to communicate that, you know. And I, I mean, so many people who go through the program said, you know, I used to eat this particular food all the time. And now I'm realizing, hey, that actually is making me feel sick. That was triggering my headaches or that was giving me that rash. And there's nothing more valuable than self-discovery because it breeds independence. It makes you realize that you actually are the master of your own body and there are people who can help guide you through the process, but that you actually do know what's best for you. So um, if anybody's listening to the show and they're interested in this program, is there any way that they can get a hold of you or your book? Yeah, absolutely. The book is widely available on Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble, and um, the website um, The Prime Club is the main way for people to learn more about what we're doing online, what we're doing with the book, what we're doing, um, basically to create a more intimate um, experience of the book in an online community. Okay, well, um, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Um, this was a really informative show, and, and I love your book. So if anybody's listening and it, it sounds like, um, you know, that you like something you heard, then definitely pick this book up. Um, it's easy to find. So thank you so much for joining me today. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
Um, so uh, we're, we're going to end the show and um, I want everybody just to make today a great day. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.